there's so much health advice floating around, online, among friends. But who can you really trust? Trust the experts. Listen to the world's brightest medical minds, our very own Cleveland Clinic experts. We ask them real questions, tough and intimate health questions, and we get real answers, all originally recorded live. Hi, thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Nada Youssef, and you're listening to Health Essentials Podcast by Cleveland Clinic. Today, we're broadcasting from Cleveland Clinic main campus here in Cleveland, Ohio, and we're here with Dr. Vaishal Shah. Dr. Shaw is board certified in sleep medicine and pediatrics, and we're here to talk about sleep, specifically newborns up to five years of age. So if you're a new parent, stay tuned. Thank mm -hmm. you so much for being here today. Thank you for inviting. And uh, please remember, this is for informational purposes only, and it's not intended to replace your own physician's advice. So before we jump into topics, mm -hmm. I didn't tell you this, but I'm going to ask you like three questions completely off topic just to get to know you on a personal level. Sure, no problem. Okay. All right. So when you're feeling anxious or down, what do you do to cheer yourself up and for some, you know, peace of mind? Sure. Uh, so I love to play sports. Okay. And what that's my um, table tennis, actually. Oh, okay. And swimming. So those are my cheering up or relaxation technique. And sleeping, of course, is a big one. Yes, of course, you have to so, say that. Yes. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about the best day of your life? Um, when I matched here for residency at Cleveland Clinic. Oh, that's awesome. Probably. <laughs> and then if you had to get a tattoo right now, where would it be? Oh, boy. That's a tough <laughs> one. Probably my um, arm. Yeah? Yeah. Do you know what you want? No, I haven't thought no, about it. <laughs> okay, great. All right, let's jump into topic. Um, so our brains are very, very active mm -hmm. while we're sleeping. We don't yeah. usually think about it that way, but it helps us uh, with our brain health, which results in mental mm -hmm. and uh, cognitive health. So let's talk about everything from newborn to five years of age. Sure. So sleep quantity really varies for mm -hmm. everyone, but let's talk about that age and how many hours of sleep they need. Yeah, so it really depends on um, in the time period of that age. So let's say I'm going to give you an example and idea of general ranges. So newborns can sleep basically 16 to 20 hours. Um, and I tend to joke with the parents that their job is to sleep yeah. and so <laughs> forth. Um, typically, newborns to six months don't have what we call circadian rhythm, means their brain has not developed differentiation between night and day. Um, it starts developing between three to six months, and that's when you start seeing a little bit chunk of sleep at night increasing. A simple way to, to know or remember is between three to six months, a kid should have about one stretch at night, about three to six hours. Okay. Um, by six months, most of the kids should be able to get at least one good stretch uh -huh. um, between that amount of time, and it gradually increases over the period of time until you are five years of age and so forth. Um, Newborns tend to have nap, wake up, feed, um, uh, do some activity, go back to sleep. So that's their pattern. Mm -hmm. And then gradually uh, a chunk and one or two naps starts developing around six months of age. Okay. Uh, once you get to about uh, between six months to one year, the sleep starts getting more and more consolidated. Most of the kids can get about six to eight hours at, at a chunk at night, plus one or two naps during the daytime. Naps can be highly variable between 15 minutes to three hours. Um, and there is no, sometimes there is no specific time when they're napping and so forth. And it starts getting more and more regular after that. Um, most of the kids do tend to get rid of nap by the age five. Some get rid of them earlier, um, around three years or two years sometimes I've seen. Um, some get rid of them later on and so forth. Um, generally in the toddler age, kids need between 11 to 13 hours of sleep. Mm -hmm. 
right before the preschool about 10 to 12 hours of sleep but that's a range some kids could have variations more or less and so far okay mm -hmm. so naps real fast um sometimes i hear don't put the baby in you know don't have them sleep such a long nap because mm -hmm. they won't sleep at night but then mm -hmm. i hear the better the nap, the better the sleep at mm -hmm. night. Mm -hmm. Which one is true? So actually both are true. Both are true. So it's very, it, it's person by person. So oh. I tend to see both kind of situation. So generally our approach is if child is taking nap and the nighttime falling asleep is still not affected, mm -hmm. and usually there is no concern for that and so forth. Right. If child is taking prolonged nap and has trouble falling asleep at the bedtime, then we, we try to work around that and, and restructure the sleep time and so forth. Okay, so you adjust based on it the Just child. based on the child, yes. Okay, so some parents claim their children slept through the night very early on, just a few months old. Mm -hmm. Some, it's like been 18 months mm -hmm. and still nothing. I know you've talked about the circadian rhythm mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. three to six months. They're mm -hmm. still just starting to get it. Mm -hmm. So if a baby's sleeping through the night at three months, is that actually legit? Do, are they, what is, what is, what sleep training do you suggest for newborns? Yeah, absolutely. So I myself is a parent and I have a nine month old. Congrats. Uh, thank you. <laughs> so we did sleep training with my own child. So there is no right or wrong time when do you, should you do the sleep training. A um, lot of parents prefer early because, again, they, they need their own sleep and they have to work next day. Uh, I generally say earlier you do it, easier it is. Um, between three to six months, once you're seeing those stretches, or after six months when you're seeing the stretches of sleep, that's when you want to start. The key is to start with a consistent one, two, or three-step bedtime routine. If you have habits such as rocking, feeding, and so forth, they, they need to be earlier in that routine. Um, and after that, uh, what you need to develop is teach the child to be able to fall asleep independently. So sleep is a learned process. It's yeah. not something happens to us naturally. So we all learn to fall asleep. So how old does the baby need to be to put them down and have them sleep independently without you rocking them to sleep? It can be any time between three to six months. Any time between three to yes. six months. Yeah. Wow. Once you start seeing those stretches of sleep, longer stretches, that's when you should start training and so forth. Um, if they're crying or so forth, you can soothe them, but don't let them fall asleep on you. So because the kids learn, the brain associates certain situations with falling asleep. Those are what we call sleep associations. We all have that. I need certain size of pillow in order to help myself fall asleep. All of us experience that we may need certain temperature or bed, softness of bed or other things to fall asleep. Yeah. Same way, kids have that too. So if they are associating you as a parent and falling asleep on you, in the middle of night when they wake up, they're looking for that. Sure. And that's why they have a hard time falling back asleep. So what you want to do is, once they're calm, put them in the bed awake and let them self-soothe and learn to fall asleep and so forth. Okay. Mm -hmm. So with self-soothing, I know when I have two little kids, but they're not newborns anymore. But they, when they were newborns, and even if I put them in, in a different room, mm -hmm. as, as soon as I heard a coo, mm -hmm. I would get up and go feed them and find mm -hmm. out what's wrong. Can mm -hmm. we talk about that? You're, are you supposed yeah. to get up every time they make a little bit of a noise? Sure. Or how do you know they're self-soothing or not? Sure. So it can be very anxiety-producing to feed the newborn and, uh, and, and early age child and so forth, even if they cry slightly, it's okay, there is something wrong with it. Yeah. So all of us communicate by talking. Kids communicate by cooing or crying, right? Mm -hmm. So all the cries are not abnormal. Okay. So, so what you want to understand is, is learn to differentiate between is cry is indicator of something, such as I'm hungry, such as I need a diaper change or so forth, or just child is trying to communicate with you. Sure. 
in that particular situation, what you want to do is, if child needs help to soothe, yes, you should, uh, you should help to soothe. But again, same concept. Once they are, uh, when they are awake, put them in, back in the, the, into the crib or so forth and, and help them to self-soothe. Okay. So it's not necessary that you respond to everything, but if there is kids need, you should certainly respond, but still teach them to fall asleep by themselves. Sure. Can you talk a little bit about the ABCs of sleep when it comes to uh, little kids and, and babies? Uh, and ABC, you mean the routine or the steps or so forth? Yes. Okay. Um, uh, so in, in general, there are certain what we call sleep hygiene issues and so forth. Uh, for younger kids, it's a little bit different than teenager, adolescents, uh, or school age, and so what you need is uh, a conducive environment, so nice and uh, a room temperature or slightly cooler, okay. uh, a good, uh, comfortable the crib with uh, a firm bed, okay. and again, not there is nothing in in the bed or so forth to prevent the risk of the sudden infant death and so forth. Sure. Um, it needs to be dark. Um, and there needs to be no disturbances or so forth, such as noises uh, and other things in the room. Okay. Um, and as I said, after that, once you train them, you need to develop a routine because kids learn indirectly. Um, a newborn or early infant, you cannot teach by just saying that you go to bed and you're gonna fall asleep. Instead, the brain gradually learns to uh, think that um, my first, first step in the bedtime is I'm feeding, then changing the clothes, uh, maybe one more thing, and then I'm getting to bed. So then sure. they develop the pattern Habit, that, yeah. yes, that I'm going to, uh, every time after the third step, this is my bedtime and I'm going to fall asleep and so sure. So to prevent SIDS, I wanted to talk about that. Mm -hmm. um, babies should be sleeping on their back, mm -hmm. correct? And then mm -hmm. on the crib, so many parents could have, like, you know, little cool things hanging around or yeah. pillows or mm -hmm. teddy bears. What mm -hmm. do you suggest the crib should sure. look like for safety? Yeah, so first you want to make sure the crib has been passed through the safety standards. Okay. And American Academy of Pediatrics or several other associations similar to that have published the safety standards and so forth. Mm -hmm. Second, you need a firm um, uh, mattress. mattress or bed or so forth. Um, you can, you can um, put a, a bed sheet on the top of that, but nothing else beyond that. So your kids generally do not need pillows or other toys and so forth. Okay. Because they could, kids may or may not be able to roll over or move the head and so forth, and they could be... Uh, uh, they could choke or so forth with those. Right. So they need to be sleeping on their back at least until they are one years of age, or at least they are uh, they can easily move uh, or roll over and or move the head around and so forth, and nothing else in there. So the 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 only time that you can start putting a baby on their stomach is when they are able to lift their head or they're able to turn. So I would generally based on the recommendations, I would suggest after one year. After one year and so forth. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, let's talk about a little bit older. Let's talk about kids that are potty trained, mm -hmm. go, going through potty training. Mm -hmm. um, they wake up at night probably. Mm -hmm. I mean, not even them. As a parent, mm -hmm. a lot of parents go in and make sure, get up, let's make mm -hmm. sure you use the bathroom. Mm -hmm. So um, how do you suggest we potty train and still keep a good sleep schedule or habits? Yeah, um, absolutely. That's a tough question. Yeah. Uh, however, what you want to do is understand the child well, that okay. what, what is child looking for. Mm -hmm. uh, during that older age, so you're probably talking about after the toddler age, right before the, the school and so forth. Um, first thing you want to sh make sure when in the middle of night when they're waking up, mm -hmm. is there abnormal reason for that, such as sleep apnea or any other problems going on, stomach reflux, pain, other things. Um, second, all of us can wake up about two to six times a night, mm -hmm. normally, including kids. 
So problem, those are called normal awakenings. Those are not the problem unless kid has trouble falling asleep without needing help. So if they are needing help and if they are needing to go to bathroom or other things and so forth, uh, you want to ask why is that? Is it because child is holding back during the daytime versus um, do we need to change the pattern during the daytime and, and get the child to the bathroom right before going to bed? So and to make those changes to be able to prolong the sleep and so forth. So that's important to talk about that daytime habits or mm -hmm. your lifestyle mm -hmm. is can really, really affect your sleep. Correct. So like what you're eating, what you're sleeping, mm -hmm. what time you're eating, what mm -hmm. time you're sleeping mm -hmm. to make sure that aligns so you can have a good night. Absolutely, yes. More consistency every day, better it is for sleep. Okay, consistency. Mm -hmm. Great. So a lot of moms find themselves also doing nighttime feedings regularly. Mm -hmm. My own sister just had a baby. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of nighttime feedings and especially hard for breastfed babies mm -hmm. that wake up for that. And mm -hmm. it's not even just hungry. It's, mm -hmm. it's just like you said, it's comfort. It's almost mm -hmm. like they're used to it now. Sure. What do you suggest for, for those moms? Yeah, so and we, we went through that same phase. Yeah. Um, so generally what you want to understand, until three to six months, they may still need a feeding in the middle of night. Okay. Uh, after that, most of the kids should be able to go through the night a chunk, at least six to eight hours without feeding in the middle of night okay. and so forth. So if they're waking up after that in the middle of night, it may not always be to feed right. and so forth. Right. Uh, but their brain is used to feeding, so they may cry uh, and you may feel that this is they, they need feeding and so forth. So what I would recommend is gradually phase out after six months or so forth, um, take out the first middle of night feeding, which is most problematic mm -hmm. and so forth. So if you're feeding two o'clock, three o'clock in the middle of nine, that's the first one you gradually want to reduce and so forth. Right. Again, having a routine at the bedtime and moving that feeding early into the routine teaches the child that right before falling asleep, I'm not gonna feed rather than there is something else. So kids are not using that in the middle of night then to soothe them and, and fall asleep and so forth. Sure. And then you gradually take, can remove the other feedings, like earlier feedings or so forth, which is acceptable. Mm -hmm. okay. Sometimes we suggest what we call dream feeding. So let's say if they need earlier in the night, nine o'clock or 10 o'clock or so forth, kids in drowsiness can still feed. So you can feed them without waking them up and put them back in the crib and they will still fall asleep or stay asleep. We did same with uh, our own kid and so forth. And we are now done with like all the nighttime all feeding. The nighttime feedings. Mm -hmm. well, some moms, like myself, didn't have such an easy one with my second child. Mm -hmm. My second child, she was very, very thirsty all the time. And she would wake up at night more than twice. And she and she was, by that time, she was like on formula. She was 18 mm -hmm. months in. Mm -hmm. And my doctor uh, suggested that I make her just wake up. And she's going to have to cry herself to sleep because mm -hmm. she's so mm -hmm. used to waking mm -hmm. up and getting some mm -hmm. more milk. Mm -hmm. um, Let's talk about that because sure. that's not just hard on the kid, but yes. like to be the one listening to a yeah. baby crying for a week yeah. at night was very, very difficult. Yeah, it's absolutely right. So question is, does crying out work? Yes, it can. Um, is it easy? Probably not mm -hmm. to do. So yes, there are several parents uh, who are able to do that, but does not mean that's the end of the world. Mm -hmm. There are several gradual methods you can implement to teach the child mm -hmm. uh, and modify those things. Um, again, like when you use crying out method, you need a lot of patience because it, when you try that for first few nights, you're gonna have prolonged crying. They can cry up to 90 minutes sure, and right. so forth. Yeah, yeah. so uh, if you can get through that, yes, implement that. If not, then gradual method such as if the child needs help, yes, you respond uh, and soothe or calm them. Yeah. However, again, not letting them fall asleep on you or with other circumstances, just as rocking, feeding and so forth. Right. Uh, gradually get them back to the crib. Also, you want, want to find uh, um, 
uh, alternate plan. So if they're crying, instead of feeding, what other methods they are soothing? Most of the parents know their babies well, right. uh, or children well. So if you have other methods, you want to try to implement that to soothe, and then again, put them back when they're awake. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. So even with you, you said you have a baby, a nine-month-old, mm -hmm. you said? Yes, nine-month-old. Um, so a lot of parents feel like if the baby sleeps a long time, mm -hmm. they need a diaper change. So some parents will kind of almost force like a diaper change mm -hmm. in the middle of mm -hmm. the night. Do you suggest that? Is that a good sure. idea? Or is that also encouraging a habit that shouldn't be Sure. Bad? So it's not always necessary. Mm -hmm. uh, babies can go longer. It's more so parent of preference. We don't, okay. as, as with my child. Mm -hmm. Um, and so forth, but right first thing in the morning, we have we do a diaper change and so forth. Okay. Um, so if you have a preference, yes, you can, but that can also sometimes wake up the children in the middle of right. night. Right. So it's you have to choose between letting them sleep versus waking them up for a diaper change and so forth. Uh, yes, so there's no there, there's no there's no guideline to what is right here, but generally I would suggest that kids can go uh, at least six to eight hours even without a diaper change and so forth. Okay. So if you're allowed to. Uh, sleep them or if you are okay with that then go ahead with that okay but it's more more or less parental preference it's a parent approach mm -hmm. all right so whether a child uh, infant or toddler is dealing with something like separation anxiety mm -hmm. or unable to self-soothe mm -hmm. and they always just like you said maybe are used to mom and dad to go to bed mm -hmm. what coping me mechanisms do you suggest mm -hmm. for these ages to help them to get back to bed yeah so um and, and you, you, this probably will more apply to preschool age and so forth, because that's when we start seeing some of the anxiety. We commonly see fear such as there is uh, an animal in the room, or I see somebody in the room, or dark is fear producing. Yeah, uh, or there is a witch in the room, which are not, not real facts, there are, these are just fears. So first we work with kids to gradually learn to um, handle the fears better by helping them either relax during those situations or so forth. Once you know there's about half of the battle is won. Um, after that, if parents are still helping, um, what we try to do is gradually, uh, with what we call gradual behavioral extinction methods, we help parents to uh, gradually get out of the room. Mm -hmm. It could be done by either gradually moving yourself um, by distance or what we call checking methods. So checking in on a child every certain minutes until child is comfortable and able to fall asleep independently. Okay. And increasing the time, uh, time between the checks. And so. Sure. so there are several methods for that. Um, we go case by case basis and, and develop like a step-by-step -step plan for the parents if they need help. Yeah, and then nowadays with technology booming, there are monitors everywhere that people can put for mm -hmm. their babies that they can also see if they're mm -hmm. up or sleeping and mm -hmm. that hopefully mm -hmm. will help as well. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk about toddlers. Sure. Um, when they wake up mm -hmm. and they come to, the, to your room and they say, can't sleep, mm -hmm. um, what is a parent to do? Do you, do you kind of make it their, because again, like with the self-soothing and everything mm -hmm. as a baby, mm -hmm. that also comes as a toddler to go back to bed and sleep. Sure. What do you do with a toddler? Yeah, so that lot of time we see parents dealing with that as a, as a very tough problem because yeah. now child is sleep deprived, parent is sleep deprived, um, and parents have to give up and let them sleep in their room, right? Yeah. The problem is that when we when you allow to let them sleep in, in your room, when they already have learned to sleep on their own bedroom, mm -hmm. um, then it's very difficult to get back and so forth. Right. So for a short period of time, uh, your own sleep may be a little bit disturbed, but key is whatever bedtime routine and situation you had to get them back to that bed and, and have replicate that because that's how they've learned to fall asleep with. Mm -hmm. um, if you are present at the bedtime when child is falling asleep, you need to gradually remove yourself either by either or methods I described mm -hmm. 
once that happens over the period of next few weeks in the middle of night also mm -hmm. children learn that it's not so bad when i wake up and they do they come less for help and right. they tend to self-soothe and be able to fall asleep so a lot of uh, parents will think it's okay, it's just a toddler, it's just mm -hmm. a three-year-old or a four-year-old mm -hmm. or a five-year-old, they mm -hmm. just want to, you know, cuddle and I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. um, is it ever, is there a, ever a good age to do that or is it always better from early on to always have them sure. separated in their own room sure. so they don't get used to the habit? Sure. So there are no uh, specific age. Mm -hmm. Generally, infants have a lot of need because they're feeding and so forth earlier. Right. So you want to pass that early time, particularly when uh, they have a lot of nighttime needs. Once we see longer stretches, that's mm -hmm. the easiest time. There is no particular set time, whether it should be six months or a one year or so forth. Mm -hmm. It's up to parental comfort. Sometimes it's a lot of time parents are anxious to have the children in the other room and so forth. Um, also, also, there could be cultural differences. So a lot of other cultures, there may not be enough rooms for uh, kids to have another room and so forth. Sure. So there are lots of variations to that. Um, generally, most important thing is earlier you do it, easier it is for you. Sure. Um, if you have a preference to co-sleep, you need to determine whether it's disrupting child sleep and or your sleep or not. Right. If there's a problem, you want to, again, like gradually get them out of the bed, sure. which is almost always the case when I see patients in the, in the or families in the clinic. Sure. Okay, so let's talk about like maybe weekend or seasonal mm -hmm. hours. Mm -hmm. Is it okay to adjust and change bedtime hours based on the season or because it's a weekend? Like you see, it starts being lighter, longer, sure. and it's sure. harder to put the kids to bed, especially mm -hmm. a four or five-year-old. Mm -hmm. um, is it okay to adjust it on the weekends for them? Does sure. that uh, ruin their circadian rhythm? Yeah, absolutely. So generally, more consistent you are, mm -hmm. easier it is. Particularly older kids, I tend to see that be having consistency in bedtime and wake-up time over weekends and weekdays is not going to take away anything from you. Mm -hmm. Kids tend to like to play video games at the bedtime because yeah. it's fun, because all the peers are playing at night. So in an on online world, they're basically working with peers to, to play a half of the night or so forth. Uh, but by just moving or shifting those time, they're not losing any time during the daytime. So more closer to weekdays you are, better. Okay. Ideally, we say within an hour or okay. so forth, bedtime and wake-up time. Okay. Um, longer and longer you let it go, eventually it becomes a problem. Okay. So earlier you try to fix that, it's easier. It's much easier to fix wake-up time first um, because it, you can wake up yourself and gradually work backwards towards the bedtime if you already have completely off circuit in the dog. Sure. Okay, mm -hmm. so one hour is okay mm -hmm. for them. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's talk a little bit about sleep deprivation. Mm -hmm. How does sleep deprivation affect a baby or an infant? Sure. How do we know that they're sleep deprived? Yeah, so a lot of time when they're sleep deprived, they will, mostly younger kids, would be more and more irritable during the daytime. Or you may see them rubbing the eyes and so forth. Yeah. Um, instead of a child being happy and responding to you, they will be more and more crying and, and, and looks like they're they pushing or, or so forth. Mood, so yeah, in the bad mood yeah, and so forth. Yeah. Those are the uh, initial signs. They, it could affect their development over the period of a long time. We have few fewer studies showing that and so forth. It's harder to uh, do a study which is prolonged for a long time and see look backward and see that or not. Sure. But certainly we have seen that kids who are getting enough sleep and not sleep deprived tend to learn better mm -hmm. um, later on in the life or even the younger age. Mm -hmm. Particularly in first uh, six years or so for kids are learning things pretty quickly. Right. Uh, so sleep is very important during um, in, in all ages, but particularly uh, during that time. Sure. So uh, when my five-year-old starts, you know, having kind of almost behavioral issues, mm -hmm. she's just much meaner, she's moody, mm -hmm. um, I'm like, she needs a nap. Yeah. <laughs> the, does, does that ever make up for lost sleep, naps, or, um, or is that not a thing? <laughs> so um, 
typically one chunk at night, mm. longer chunk is much better than a chunk at night and a nap. But again, that's after five years once they are done with the nap and so forth. Uh, younger kids can still have naps and so forth, which are usually part of the development or helpful to them. Um, so after five years, if, if children are napping, there are there could be still some little, small number of kids. It could be normally like that, but there's usually something going on Okay. Um, and so forth. So a, a very short nap, if they are really sleepy, 15, 20 minutes can help them to just be awake and get over that. But the longer naps are usually going to create problems with trouble falling asleep at I the bedtime. I mm -hmm. see. Well, I have no control because as soon as she gets in the car, it's she something about asleep. the car, she falls yeah. asleep. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about how does a sleep-deprived parent take care of a sleep-deprived child? Because I recently read, I, I'm not sure if you saw that article mm -hmm. that just came out and said that um, for parents, the first four to six years after having a child, mm -hmm. they are sleep-deprived. Mm -hmm. I didn't know it was that long. Yeah. But... Um, how do you change that or what do you what is your stance on that yeah so and that's absolutely true it's not probably four to six years we see it in the older kids also um probably first four to six years are tough yeah uh, generally what you want to do is um define your own sleep needs first most of the adult needs about seven to eight hours some are a little bit more than that mm -hmm. and so forth um earlier you train the kids to be able to sleep independent and easier better it is overall for you yeah. Uh, sometimes it's hard and parents give up too quickly. A um, lot of time they're sleep deprived and it's harder to do sleep training within that period of time because child is crying, you have to wake up in the middle of night, you still have to go to work tomorrow and perform and so forth. Sure. However, it's a short term pain for a long term gain. Yeah. So basically, if you invest in for a few weeks on training them, it becomes much easier later on that they are sleeping longer, thus you, you're sleeping longer and so yeah. forth. So you're saying that parents, even if you're sleep deprived, if you start sleep training early while you're sleep deprived, mm -hmm. it'll be easier for you because yeah. you're making your kids a little bit more independent, yes. right? Not only independent and probably you might be sleep deprived because kids are not sleeping. Because the kids are not sleeping. So once they're sure. sleeping better. You're fixing your own issue. Correct. <laughs> okay. And we, we have gone through this phase. Yeah. Uh, in, in first three to six months of our own care, yeah. everybody was sleep deprived. Once we did training, now it's much easier for us to get seven, eight hours of sleep and continue to perform well during the daytime. Yeah. So. All right, so if mom and dad are doing everything right mm -hmm. and the baby, infant, or toddler still won't sleep through the night, then mm -hmm. what? Is there something we can do? Is there something we can like track down the yeah. hours of sleep? Sure. Is that when we see a specialist? Yeah, so generally uh, sleep logs, a lot of time if kids have other issues such as the sleep apnea going or, or they're experiencing stomach reflux or pain or other problems mm -hmm. um, or anxiety or so forth, we, we work on those issues first when okay. they come to our client followed by gradually see how much they improve and if they need more help, we implement certain strategies and so forth. After I that. see. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about sleep disorders. Mm -hmm. If there is a sleep disorder with a child, um, well, first this is geared more towards babies, like a fussy baby mm -hmm. or sleep disorder, like something like colic, mm -hmm. like when they say it's a colicky baby. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? What is colic? It, it almost sounds like we don't know. What so yes, again, it's a good question and we don't know yes. what is colic. Is it that, is it stomach is upset? Is it right. are they feeling cramp? We don't have a probably great answer and so yeah. Generally, colic tend to be much more common before four months of age and so Before four months. Yeah. So newborn to four months, they yeah. can be colicky, but yeah. we don't know what it is. Yeah, typically one to four months is when it's peak. Okay. Uh, and gradually it gets better. A okay. um, lot of time you can try to soothe the baby during that particular phase or so forth. Um, Sometimes feeding or not feeding either or can help. Mm -hmm. 
there are not a lot of remedies or medication to help that particular situation sure. but the good part is most of the kid tend to gradually grow out of it uh, after four months at some point in time okay and well that's good four months yeah but now let's say there are issues um still going on mm-hmm. with the baby when they're a little bit older what sleep disorders are most commonly known for this age group sure so most commonly as the insomnia as we talked about insomnia could be related to trouble falling asleep or staying asleep mm-hmm. sleep apnea is fairly common after about uh, it could be in early ages but once once they start having uh, the tonsils and adenoids growing mm-hmm. which is 2 years or after um generally we tend to see them starting to have snoring or trouble breathing during the sleep and so forth so that's the second most common problem we tend to see um little bit later so between 3 or 4 years to um younger age we st- start seeing what we call parasomnia so sleep terrors or uh, what we call confusional arousals means they they sit up they look like they are still asleep they may say one or two words um and they look have a glazed appearance and go back to sleep versus sleep terrors they they would scream cry um they may not look they are fully awake and so forth it can last from um couple of minutes to almost half an hour or so far is this the same thing as night terrors yes night terrors okay. and sleep terrors are same thing okay um so those are the problems we start seeing uh, in preschool age at some point so what is the uh cause of something like a night terror is it just like sure. a bad dream no um, so actually night terror has nothing to do with dreams okay so we go through cycles of what we call dream sleep and non dream sleep sleep terrors are actually happening in non dream sleep um so non dream has a very deep phase of sleep called non dream 3 or slow wave sleep typically there is a lot of uh, that in first half of the night mm-hmm. um in order for our brain to have a good refreshing night of sleep we uh, it has to switch between the stages so when kids are switching between the non dream sleep and other stages of sleep they sometimes get stuck partially being awake and sleep at the wow. same point of time so you see behaviors of both they may look like a sleep um but they are doing behavior so such as trying to talk or which may not make sense in the in the context or the time sure. they may mumble or they're crying or or screaming and so forth um good sign is a lot of kids by the time they are teenager or adult tend to grow out of it mm-hmm. however a lot of a uh, lot of kids have something underlying triggering it such as sleep apnea or not having enough sleep are two most common triggers followed by other situations and things like mm-hmm. such as fever sickness so we try to treat those underlying problems if we find any sure. um uh, and go from there okay so if they're not getting enough sleep you suggest maybe putting the kid bed to bed yeah. earlier mm-hmm. extending either or side uh, oh. bed earlier and or uh, allowing a little bit more sleep if they are still sleepy in the morning okay in the morning great well dr shaw we are all done but um i wanted you to kind of i'm going to give you the floor and just you know there's a lot of moms out there and a lot of new dads that are going through the newborn phase mm-hmm. if you want to kind of just uh with in conclusion talk about how to have the best sleep for them and for the parents yeah well. absolutely and as i said we have gone through i'm a new dad we have an infant here um and we have gone through similar situations probably all of you go through uh, remember it is important to take care of yourself also in order to take care of child better so the earliest you get an opportunity to train your kids to have better sleep it's going to be easier overall long term to to help yourself also uh because we all have to work right we all have to do a lot of duties during the daytime um so if you there are lots of resources available out there either look up the resources a credible resource um either online or so forth or if you need help talk to your pediatrician um or or find a specialist who can help you and and figure out and navigate through those 
early years at software. Thank you so much. It's Thank been you. a pleasure. Thank, Thank you so you. much for being Thank here. Thank you for the opportunity. Sure. And if you would like to make an appointment with a, spe with a sleep specialist for your child, please call the Cleveland Clinic Sleep Disorder Center at 216-636-5860 or visit clevelandclinic.org slash sleep for some more information. And to listen to more of our health essentials podcast from Cleveland Clinic experts, make sure you go to clevelandclinic.org slash H-E podcast, or you can subscribe on iTunes. And for more health tips, news, and information, make sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, and Instagram at Cleveland Clinic, just one word. And we'll see you again next time. This concludes this Cleveland Clinic Health Essentials podcast. Thank you for listening. Join us again soon.